On this episode of AV Social, we take a look at the time and expense of trade shows and ask the question, are they worth the investment? All this and more on this AV Social. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Social, episode 43, Trade Show Life. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. From CES all the way through to the regional shows in the fall, technology and the AV industry loves to put on a trade show. It's a chance for the rank and file to come together, get educated, put our hands on the latest product, and see friends we virtually and see friends we know virtually in real space. But are trade shows good for the brands and companies who exhibit? On today's AV Social, we will chat with marketing, PR, manufacturers, and press about whether or not trade shows are a good investment. With us to discuss are, and I'll hand it over to Ms. Dawn. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Mead, your co-host. That was Kelly Perkins, the other co-host of the show. And today to discuss this topic on trade shows, we are joined by Peter Gerard, who is an account supervisor at Caster Communications. Hi, Peter. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're also joined by Tony Kuzelis, who is a senior manager of events and installations at Harman. Tony, thanks for coming. Glad to be here. And Tony's actually already at ISE, which is one of the reasons why we're recording this now, uh, since we're at the top of the trade show season with ISE coming up in the next week or so. And last but by no means least, we have Megan Dutta, who is currently the content director at SCN, but formerly she was the chair of the exhibitor committee for Infocom. Megan, thanks for coming on the show today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to kick things off... Trade shows. I mean, it's like meat space and money and travel and all this crazy stuff. And today, one of the things we pride ourselves on, particularly in our industry, is the idea of virtual meetings, things like podcasts, webcasts, um, you know, video conferencing. That's what we do and sell. So in today's age of virtual meetings, do trade shows even still have a place? Why? Why not? What's the value in going to a trade show versus just meeting like this? Um, Peter, how about it? Uh, sure. We've actually, from my experience, we've had a couple clients that have attended virtual trade shows. So, so kind of from the from the PR side of things, um, I, I'm a people person. I like meeting people in person and having conversations there. Um, the virtual kind of like trade show aspect is great because you can get lots of eyes on uh, like a speaking session, for example. Um, but we find it's hard because you're not totally engaged. Like maybe if you have 200 people that are attending a virtual session, chances are low that you have their full attention. Um, they might be like sending an email or they might be checking their phone. They might be sending a text or responding to another meeting request. So at least uh, at like a trade show or in a face-to-face, you know that you're looking at the person, you can see them, you have their full attention, they're listening to you and what you have to say. So I think they both have their merits, um, but I lean more towards the face-to-face and the trade shows itself in person. Okay. Megan, you look like you had some thoughts on this. Uh, yeah. How about you? What, what do you think? What, well, what's the value of trade show? Trade shows are good for exhibitors and attendees. From an exhibitor perspective, it's you're not paying to have all, or sitting in, there's no way in three days you could do 120 meetings or 500 meetings, however many, depending on how much staff you have at the show. 
you, it's just impossible. And to get all those people to see your products and ha- like Pete said, have their undivided attention, it's not going to happen. And when you're an attendee, you get the chance to see and touch and see all of these products at once. And a lot of times manufacturers work together. So they'll show their solutions together. You can see how the whole ecosystem works and you're just not going to get that same experience virtually. Great thoughts. Tony. Yeah. As much as, you know, it is about seeing the product and seeing the solutions. It's, it's definitely about getting face to face time with these people and shaking their hands and sitting down and having a a scheduled meeting that, um, you know, with, with so many people that come to you and that's, that's huge. It's hard to get that. I don't know, really anywhere else. So I think there's a, there's a, and, and to have the product there, like you guys are saying, and have, have this ecosystem and have this fully functioning system and all together, it just adds to it. It's a complete package. Well, and you have like, I mean, with Avixa, I mean, they changed their name because of the experience of it, right? <laughs> so it's, how do you have an experience if you're not there, right? You know, we, we talk about our industry, it's audio, video, lighting, and it's, I mean, those are all things that you need to experience in person. And it's, it's so hard to do that over a video conference or, or over the phone or just, just virtually in general. Well, yeah, the product, oh, okay. for sure. Okay. I mean, the product demos, you, a virtual trade show doesn't give you any more really than a, than a website or a data sheet, right? I mean, you can't, you can't physically pick it up and see it functioning and watch it work. So. Well, and besides all of that, there's also all of the after hours networking. So you get, especially if you're a sales rep, you get your clients undivided attention and you get to know them on a personal relate, uh, personal level. And we know relationships make sales. Right. Uh, just quick question for my own curiosity. How many of us on this meeting right now have been an integrator? since nobody currently is in an integrator role. I know I have. I have not. I have not. Kelly was briefly. So I will say this, from the integrator perspective, the importance of the trade show comes down to comparison and the networking aspect. Just to look at your product. I mean, when you're an integrator or even what I am now an end user, you manufacturers, you do a great job of coming out to see us. So if we just want to see a particular product, You'll bring it to us. And if you work for a big enough company, they will absolutely make a point of bringing it to you. So that's kind of irrelevant. But the whole idea of ecosystems and seeing how things play together to be functional, that's definitely a big reason. But the comparative aspect, and this is something that a certain manufacturer in our industry that quit coming to Avixa shows over the years has suffered somewhat for, you can't go to this booth and look at their gray box and then go to this other booth and compare it to their gray box and then walk down two aisles to see the third gray box and see a real life comparison of specifications, comparison of performance when you don't show up to the show as a manufacturer. So I think as an integrator, the value was being able to go and see and compare products in real time being demoed with their specs. And I mean, obviously best case scenario, you've got all your engineers, they're making everything work perfect. But that's of huge value. And of course, yeah, the interpersonal, you know, it's one thing if you send one guy to my office to show me your gray box, 
It's quite another when I can meet your team, I can get to know them on a friendly basis, I can get to know the faces and the personalities behind those clever little Twitter, you know, comments that we all share. And I, I think that's where the real value is, as, as Megan says, it's the relationships that make the sales. I just uh, talked to Dave Labuskis about this the other day, actually. And one of the things he brought up was, you're right, if you're not there, you're, you know, everybody in the industry is there and you're missing out as a manufacturer, but also as an integrator and bringing, building relationships, you can bring your end users to these shows and you get the chance to show them the products, you know, that you think they might be interested in, but also to kind of show off your relationships and how well connected you are in the industry. And they see that you're an expert as an integrator. Right. It evolves the communication too. I mean, in today's kind of environment, all professional relationships mostly start virtually. You get introduced to somebody via email or then you kind of follow them on social media, like you said. Um, but after you've met that person in person and have had like a face-to-face -face communication, it's always interesting to me to see how the communication post that event evolves and you, it kind of takes the ease out of the, out of the communication from there on. I know when I started here, my emails to everybody were super crazy formal, like right out of school. Um, and it's always, it's been so much nicer to have those kind of be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more normal and a little more uh, human. Um, j jumping ahead a bit here. So with trade shows, you know, everybody thinks ISE, everybody thinks Infocom, everybody thinks CES, but there are lots of little shows and mini events and regional events all around. Um, just for the panel, is, do you see a difference in return on investment for bigger versus smaller shows, CES versus Cedia, or even CES and Cedia versus something like an Almo or a, a rep show that travels around the country to different areas? Um, have you found any big difference in return on investment or value in those? I think you're starting to see, you know, especially with CES, it's become like the dog and pony show. That's where you go to show your concept car. You want to show kind of what kind of innovations your company is leaning towards and what you can do. And most of the stuff, I shouldn't say most, a lot of the stuff that's shown there never comes out. And I think ISE is kind of leaning that way as it grows. We see on the press side, so many more product announcements that are embargoed before ISE because that's the first time they're going to show the concept. And then a little more defined version is going to come out at Infocom. And then the regional shows, I think those are where you go to make your local relationships with your local reps. From a PR perspective, the larger shows like, uh, like CES obviously have a ton of attending press. And so it really depends, it really boils down to like what clients of ours are looking to achieve at the show. Um, but I find sometimes that the smaller, like uh, our team goes to a lot of the security shows and we go to ISE and we go to um, ISE West, um, those can have just as much of an impact for clients that deal within that very specific space um, and can have overall benefits from attending a smaller show where they're much more focused versus a larger CES show where there's just so much going on, like Megan was saying. Right. Yeah, the ROI on a, on a smaller regional event is, I think, still really good because you're, you know, from our man manufacturer's perspective, the cash outlay is much, much lower, obviously, than a big show like ISC or anything like that. So, you know, proportionally, I think we're still getting an ROI. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean, from an integrator perspective, when I was one, I know Infocom or some of the big travel shows that you have to go a distance, you know, there's a lot of expense involved just on an integrator front. I can't even imagine. I've, I've heard horror stories from the, from the manufacturer side of things. 
Um, but just getting staff there, taking time away from the business to take the classes and to go and see the things, you get the owner of a small mm -hmm. integrator maybe or the owner and the senior engineer, the senior sales guy. Like one or two people, maybe if you have a big integrator, you might get like three or four people from the company get to come. You know, and when the local regional show comes, as long as we're not slammed with, with work, everybody goes. It's like, let's all go to Simcoe. Let's all go to E4. Let's all go to, you know, Stampede, whatever happens to be in the area. And you get to see your mini infocom. Yeah, there aren't as many booths and there aren't as many classes, but they get some of that flavor and they get to get their hands on some products, folks that wouldn't normally get to go. So, And it's also, you know, a few hours set up versus a, a week set up like these shows, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's a huge difference, right? <laughs> Says the man already in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> well, in some of the smaller shows, I think integrators get a better chance for education because a lot of them have designated time for you to meet with the manufacturers, but also designated time. It's not running concurrent with the education. So, for example, we have the SCN and AV Technology AVIT Summit coming up on April 18th. So that five times In <laughs> Texas. <laughs> But, you know, we'll have manufacturers there and panels all day and they're not, the, the times aren't conflicting and it gives, really gives a chance for the people that live in that area. So Dallas, Fort Worth area this time, they get to see each other too, besides seeing the manufacturers, you know, and build relationships. Maybe some one integrator has a project that they can take on, but they can build a relationship with this other and form a partnership. Right. Back, back to the people thing. That's, that's. I said it right at the top, you know, we're in meat space when we go to these trade shows in person and you get to shake hands and eye to eye with people aside from eye to webcam slightly off from. <laughs> um, so folks, how do, you, how do you get the most out of going to a trade show for your brand or your company, be it a manufacturer, uh, if you're a PR person for your client? Um, what, what, what are your best tips for getting the best, uh, the most out of the show? I mean, from, from our perspective, it's all about the pre-planning and, and getting, making sure that our salespeople have set up the meetings to have those face-to-face -face contacts every day in the booth to bring people in to, to make those or solidify those connections and then obviously show the product. But, you know, for, and I'm not more on the logistics side of things, so I like to internally get feedback or, or insight from the people who are the champions within our company to say, what are you looking to get out of this salespeople? You know, what, how many, how, how much rooms do you, how much space do you need in the booth for like meetings and versus product demos and what's the balance there? What's the right, right way to do it to try to, so it's, it's more of a collaborative thing to get, to get what we need within our company. Right. Peter, Megan, what, uh, how do you get the most? Well, you definitely, like Tony said, you have to have a solid strategy going in. Like, don't just plan to show up and be like, okay, well, our logistic team planned this. The sales team made their own plans. The marketing team did this. You have to all meet together ahead of time and really make sure you're going, going strong together as a team. And from a press side, it will tell you, we love trade show press releases, but we're so busy at that time. So if you're sending us stuff, like we've had, I have people this week send me ISE releases without a booth number, without images. And if we have to chase those, it makes our lives harder. It makes and me so sad, make, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you're sending the complete package and building relationships with the press to get everything out. I think, uh, so 
uh, prior proper planning seems to be the echo through here. Uh, I would totally agree. So also shameless uh, caster plug and PR can totally help with uh, trade shows. So um, what we try to do is uh, have the strategy going in so we know which announcements are being made. We try to shift and push our clients so that they are able to provide those types of valuable press announcements to folks like Megan um, well in advance so that we're able to have shared that information, um, whether it's under embargo, just so that they have it, knowing that like from the press perspective, you guys are completely slammed at the show and two to three weeks before the show. So sometimes that can be a bit of a mind shift for clients trying to get them to think they're doing the planning uh, of the logistics part of the show as far in advance, kind of to get them to think about their communication strategy that far in advance as well can sometimes prove difficult um, as they're finalizing things or getting technical details from the engineers and everything. So um, just kind of like working to go in with as much information as far in advance as possible and then reaching out to the folks that are attending the, the show from the press side of trying to coordinate those meetings and also thinking about their schedule farther in advance than you might actually think. When you think about it too, it's like, like as a manufacturer and, and coming from, <clears throat> excuse me, the manufacturing side and then the integration side, as a manufacturer, your product launch plan is based on trade shows. I mean, it really is. It's like you want to launch a product before ISE. You want to launch a product before Infocom or whatever, whatever trade show is in your industry, right? So it's, you spent the entire year, two years trying to put together this product launch plan. You can't just show up at a trade show without any type of marketing plan, without any type of actual pre-planning like, like you mentioned, Peter, you know, press releases, you know, some sort of marketing campaign, some sort of strategy to get people to your booth. You can't just show up at the show with your black box of choice and hope people come to your booth, right? There has to be some sort of planning and you've spent all this money, all this time, all this R&D putting together, putting together these cool new products. You can't just show up at the show and hope people stop by your booth, right? There has to be you know, an effort, a strategy, and all of these things put into place. And, and I think here's a point where manufacturers internally really need to collaborate. And like, like you guys said, get your teams together because just as you can't have all of this engineering going in to develop this fantastic product and then hope that folks show up, you also can't go ahead with these awesome pre-show promotions and this marketing and this signage and this, and then you end up with the infamous vaporware that just never shows up or oh. the box the, the box that doesn't work that's sitting in your booth behind glass with spotlights that's like this is our new shiny no we can't show you how it works it never happens does it <laughs> no never, never. we'll be shipping in 2025 yes yeah. <laughs> We love, as an end users and integrators, specifying that stuff, let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, I think once again, it comes back to the human factor, communication between your teams, communication with your customers, and getting it all planned in advance. And God, wow, if only people, you know, knew how to communicate, huh? <laughs> it comes back also to, like, um, to being, like, prepared. So, like, you do want to, uh, Kelly, to your point, like, plan your your roadmap around trade shows, but if you're not ready to hit a specific one, maybe holding that announcement, which can sometimes be really hard for manufacturers to, to take that hit or swallow, but like from a communications point of view, if you're not ready to really talk about that thing, but you still kind of announce it and put it out there, uh, it can be difficult to kind of re-spark interest 
when it does finally become available. So that can be a hard and a tough conversation to have from like the communication side uh, to make sure that folks are ready. Um, but that can also be that can also play a factor into like how successful that it might make a big splash at the show. But like when it's finally available, you'll have the folks who are like, I saw this like three years ago or two years ago. So like, what's new about this? So that's a much better strategy. We've get uh, like, I'll get a press release saying, you know, at the show there, there we're launching this and we'll put it out there. And then a year later we'll get an out. This product is now shipping. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't we publish this? <laughs> and so I'm hesitant to publish the news now because people are already, they've talked about it. They like it, but they've moved on. Right. And of course, fickle industry that we are, though, sometimes even that, even there, it's a no-win situation sometimes because even when you pull back and do the right thing by not bringing out vaporware or a product that doesn't exist, then you end up with a trade show full of couches and watching the World Cup because your product just wasn't ready to go. So Always have a backup plan. Have something else. <laughs> have right. something, yeah, yeah. Not naming names to three years ago in Vegas, but, you know. We um, we all know who we're talking about, the great big IT monster. Um, <laughs> so a few years ago, you know, we, we, we brought this out talking about virtual a little bit, virtual meetings, but a few years ago, they started a push for virtual trade shows and those cute little avatar villages that you could walk through the door and go into this session or walk around to those booths. Do you, do you see any likelihood at all of those taking off? I mean, is there a place for those? Are those sort of dead now? It was a trend and now it's gone? Or what's the likelihood of us seeing more virtual trade shows in addition to or instead of real trade shows? I think at, at real trade shows, I know, oh, real trade shows, <laughs> uh, you have the, um, you, can, you can scan badges, you can monitor traffic, I think. I mean, we were talking about ROI before. Um, so there's a lot more tangible data that you can probably obtain from like a real trade show. Um, I know that they tried to provide those for virtual trade shows, um, but it kind of goes back to that uh, undivided attention type of thing. So if you do have a, like from our perspective, if you have a client who's giving a demo or some, or something in a virtual kind of sense, the numbers on the screen might say that there's 300 people that are viewing this demo and you might think that those figures are great if they, if that's even provided. Um, but like how many of those people are actually engaged or taking notes or um, gleaming the information that you're taking the time to present. Whereas if you are giving, if you're doing a speaking uh, presentation or you're giving a training at a trade show, like you know exactly how many people were in that room and if it was a success or not, or what you might need to change to get that to work for you like moving forward. Can I see a show of hands of people that have actually participated in a virtual trade show within this? Like, what is, what is it? as an attendee. What, what is it like? Uh, like there's, a little, <laughs> there's a little cartoon, the ones I've been to, there are little cartoon lobbies and there are little doors and you can choose to go through the door to the sessions and pick your session and then it's just like a webinar. Where I you was going to say, it's got to be just like a webinar, right? It, it, it really or, is. Going you know, on or, Google and typing in a company that you want to see. Right. And, and when you go to the booths, there are little avatars standing by little fake booths. And when you click on them, you can see a video of their product or a, uh, okay. you know, a spec sheet or, or have a, a live chat with somebody. But even then, it's very, very impersonal. But when we talk you about what, what the benefits of trade shows were earlier in this call, it was, it, it was everything 
you would you wouldn't get any of that with virtual it sounds like right and there's no personal interaction you're not shaking somebody's hand you're not sitting down with them you're not all that is lost really right right the only way I can see it working is with some continued great strides and kind of like VR, AR types of things. Yeah, where, but then you'd like you'd have to put on like a headset and maybe walk around your apartment or something like that to kind of move throughout the trade show. That could be kind of interesting. But, but then also from the from a manufacturer's perspective, you have to spend a lot of money to create a really nice virtual yeah. event, I would think, and that's going to yeah. be costly in a different way, like three D modeling or whatever, you know. Yeah. I think it's kind of more a vestige of the, the, the a few years ago, Second Life was the big thing and everybody was going to be moving to Second Life and everybody was going to have these avatars and live their lives there and businesses were trying to migrate. So they came up with this virtual trade show model and, and that fad passed. So we're not, we're not sharing our Second Life character names after the call? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you're, <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> But really, I, from the sound of it, it sounds like live in-person trade shows are still the way to go. And uh, I think we're going to go with those. So let's talk about those some more. Uh, ROI. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants to know the value of going. We said a little bit earlier that the ROI on the small shows is kind of a little bit better in some regards because it doesn't cost as much to get there. And you still get a lot of faces, but you get a lot more faces at the big ones. Um, how do we measure ROI at these shows or how do we measure success? It doesn't have to be return on investment, but define success at a large in-person trade show. I think for many years, it was measured on how people felt about the show. We'd come back, you know, as a manufacturer, come back from the show, have our post-show meeting and market, marketing would say, well, I think people really liked our ad because some people brought it to the booth. And then sales would say, well, people really liked our products because they told me they did. That's not really giving you an accurate measure. One of the things I've seen some shows doing is if you're an attendee, you'll notice there's like a little tiny bump on the back of your badge and they're actually tracking you. And you can, as an exhibitor and an add-on, you can add these little beacons in your booth and track, okay, well, this person stood in front of this product for five minutes. So they're probably interested in that and we can market to them based on that. But they only stood in front of this for two seconds. So let's take them off the marketing list for that product. And I think that gives you a better chance at discovering maybe more your return on opportunity. Than you know, ROI. Yeah, on that, on that um, topic, not so detailed as what you're describing, but we started doing heat mapping throughout the booth and all the different demo areas for the products. So after the show, we can see percentage-wise, a lot more people were at this station and this station over here got very little traffic comparatively. So we can see like what people were really interested in you know, and, and tweak our designs of the booth and the layouts of the booth. And then of course the products based on that as well. Yeah. You guys did that at CES, right? That was really cool. Yep. Yep. You get to learn what people are interested in or where the backups are and people stand to check their phones for a few minutes. And <laughs> from our perspective, it's, a, it's a, not more narrow, but it can be a little bit like our, uh, for casters position is to try and connect clients with uh, members of the press that are attending the show um, as a way to, as one aspect of a way to measure whether or not um, the show was successful for them. So, I mean, we try to access anything from the registered press list to sharing as much news in advance as we can, uh, holding some press briefings while we're, we're out, while we're at the show as well. So a lot of our clients um, look for reports from us based off of, well, we had 10 scheduled press meetings. We met with eight of them, um, breaking that down and taking in, into consideration that um, 
the trade show is large and people get uh, lost or they get like meetings run long, like all, all those types of things. Um, but kind of like taking actionable items out of those conversations of we have this chat with this person, um, what can we kind of do with that moving forward for our communication and press strategy? So ours is a little bit more kind of laser focused, um, but we try to provide those back to clients and we find that clients like those. So, <laughs> so would you say that it's, that it's leads? I mean, would have, have you guys ever measured the success of a trade show based on scans or leads? I, I, we try not to because it's not really a good measure of success, in my opinion. You've got a lot of people that you're already that are already customers and they're already aware of your products, and they'll come in and, and say hello and all that. It, it's also our our industry is not like some of the you know, retail kind of things where after a trade show you can say a spike in sales because our design processes and, and you know sales. You could be a year out or more by the time you get a sale based on a conversation you had in an infocom. So it's really hard to track that directly. Um, so I think it's more of um, getting people there. And this, the scans are good to know who was there and, and what they were interested in. But you really have to qualify those scans. You can't just say a person showed up. You know, you have to say, what were they interested in? Or, okay. and, follow, and follow up with them, right? And follow up is huge on the success of the show anyway. Okay. Hey, um, so just sort of wrapping up then, uh, we'll do just a quick round robin of just your number one biggest benefit and biggest drawback of going to a trade show. Anybody want to jump in and start the round robin? I'll start. The, I think the biggest benefit is being there, the human factor. You know, it's what everything we've talked to has come back to that. So I think that's the biggest benefit is seeing your AV friends and potential customers in person. I think the biggest drawback is there's just a lot to take in. And so it's not a drawback unless you make it a drawback, I guess I should say. You know, if you go back and you take things you've learned and share them and have a strategy, then it's fine. But if you're not doing that, you're just leaving like, whoa, that was a lot. And then just leave it all on the table. I think that's a drawback. Right. I mean, being on the PR side of the fence, common question for us is, uh, so, so what do you, like, what exactly do you do? Um, so my thoughts on attending trade shows is kind of like one of the biggest benefits is it's a chance not only to connect with um, press that you've been having conversations with, but also like meeting, uh, meeting clients in person, meeting attendees. Um, that's kind of a, trade shows are a great spot for um, folks in the, on the PR and the kind of the marketing and comm side to kind of like show their show their mettle, kind of um, be able to talk the talk and have the conversations with who, like who change the hat kind of based off whoever they're talking to. Um, I guess drawbacks hurt feet. I mean, maybe we could, you throw those into there. They could be, um, they could be pretty physically tolling. I know, I think my first trade show was actually CES. And so we had plenty of like pre CES meetings about like how large the trade show was um, Kimberly, our boss here, her vo her advice to me, which I won't forget was like, if you think you can walk it, you can't. Um, and like, that's like one thing that just stuck with me. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like, it's right over there. I can totally walk over there. And then like four miles later, I'm just like a totally, I'm not even there yet. So um, they can be, they can be pretty physically tolling if you're not kind of like ready for that type of a thing. And you're a guy, you don't even have to do it in heels. That's true. I absolutely don't. I don't know. I see, I see people, I see people's, choice of footwear i think there should just be a mandate that where everyone at a trade show is allowed to wear sneakers and it'd be totally socially acceptable 
right on. <laughs> Tony? I wore, I wore heels to my first trade show, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> like, it was uh, so bad. <laughs> same. I had to have – mine was in Chicago, and I had to have my mom bring me. I was an intern. <laughs> I had to have her bring me different shoes. Oh, no. that that Rookie mistake. Always have – the flip-flops or the flats in the bag with the heels. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony, biggest uh, biggest drawback or benefit of trade shows? Uh, well, from a manufacturer's point of view, drawback has to be the cost and expense associated with it. It's it's just – and the time. I mean, it's months of planning. It's sometimes weeks of setup. It's getting your whole team together for the from the setup to the salespeople to staffing and, and doing all the teardown and all that is is time consuming and money consuming so it's got to you really have to look at it and hopefully those benefits outweigh all those costs and i think they do i think they have for us um it's you know kind of getting back to that that roi question right how do you how do you measure that how do you measure the success and you know i mentioned before on the on the follow-up perspective we have to, you have to follow up on the leads. You have to contact those people afterwards and say, hey, we noticed you were there. We can do mailings. We can do, you know, email to those people specifically. Um, but that's really important to, and get out to their offices. In our business, you know, we can say, oh, this regional sales guy can go to that office because we knew you were interested because you came to our booth at Infocom. So it's, you know, all that kind of ties into it. And I think the benefits will keep outweighing the bad, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, Excellent. so you Kelly? still have a job, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kelly, with your vast experience of trade shows, any uh, benefits or drawbacks that you see? You know, I think it, it's kind of that double-edged sword, right? You know, it, it coming from a manufacturer, not being there says more than being there, right? So it's, it's kind of that, I hate to say like a necessary evil, but it... You, ha you have to be there, right? You, ha you have to be there to see your people, whether you want to or not. You have to, you have to spend the money to be there because your presence there is so important, especially in our industry. So, Absence um, is definitely noticed. Right? Commented so it, on in blogs and podcasts for years to come. Right. So it, you know, have a, there's a small company in Minneapolis that, that I've just kind of been helping out a bit and, they were debating on going to Infocom and it's like, I know you don't want to, but you have to, you know, I know it takes your people away from their, their day jobs because they're, you know, working on the booth and, and, and they're trying to do it on a, on a very, very small scale, but it's, you have to do it. You have to do it. So it's, I don't know. I think, I think trade shows are extremely important. I, whether they're large or small, it's, it's being present. It's the, it's the relationships. It's we're people and we're drawn to people. <laughs> right. Right. I, you know, I know I've, I've seen the show in my, in my too long career. I spent one year as a, with a manufacturer briefly and I've mostly been in integration and now as an end user. And I, I agree with Kelly, you have to be there. It's, it's vital. I mean, the benefits of the face to face time, the communication, getting to meet people. You can have all the greatest conversations in the world on the phone and on Skype and on Twitter and on LinkedIn, but until you actually meet them in person and like buy them a drink or shake their hand or shake your tail feather with them at a party, you know, you don't know that person. 
<laughs> and and I think that that's just invaluable. And the education aspect, y you can't get that education, particularly in our non-degree field for the most part still, without you know going to the shows, getting access to these things. Avixa does a great job. NSCA does a great job. Certain colleges and trade shows do a great job at getting classes in our field, but it's just, you, you can't get that critical mass all at once in one place without going to the shows. And the drawback is, you know, time and money and sore feet. <laughs> I mean, we said it, you know, those are, those are the big three, but, um, yeah, well, I, you know, I know it's the week before ISE, everybody's getting busy. Tony's already over there. You know, it's middle of the day there for him. Um, we appreciate you all, Megan, Peter, and Tony, for taking the time to join us today to talk about trade shows and how important they are, if they are still. And I think the answer today is a resounding yes, they are still important. So uh, real quick, we'll go in reverse order from introductions, but let's just go around Robin. Uh, you know, Megan, thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find you, both online, virtual space, real space, and booth numbers if you're going to be at ISE? Good. Booth numbers. You'll be at ISC. Make sure you include that. Let's not forget. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Megan A. Dutta and SCN Magazine on Twitter at SCN Mag and www.avnetwork.com. Okay. And will you be going over to ISC? I will. I leave on Sunday. Okay. Well, then look for Megan. Uh, I think I introduced Tony next. So, Tony, where can people find you and your company online in real world and booth numbers at ISE? Well, www.harman.com and uh, we'll be at ISE in the uh, F hall, stand one dash 10. Awesome. And do you do the Twitters or any of those fun things? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yes. Mm, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. But folks, go find him in Hall F at ISE and go find Harmon. And Peter, how about you? Uh, so I'm on the Twitters at, uh, at Caster Pete. Um, you can also find Caster Communications on Twitter at, at Castercom. Um, we have a number of clients that are attending ISE. Um, and it, you can get the information on the booth numbers there from our Twitter. Um, I know that Alex Crabb from our team will be out there as well as Kimberly Lancaster. So um, keep an eye out for them. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on today, you and Tony both. And Thanks. Kelly, where can people find you, my friend? Uh, Kelly P. Perkins on LinkedIn, NSCA underscore Kelly on Twitter, and we are launching our new Ignite website at the end of the month. So soon to be igniteyourcareer.org. Uh, super excited, so yeah. And she may or may not be wandering around ISC. If you see her wandering the halls, grab her and say hello. Otherwise, uh, we'll look for her at, I guess, Infocom would be the next big show. And of course, here on AV Social. Um, my name is Dawn Mead. I work for an undisclosed end user in the government sector these days, but you can find me always online on Twitter at AVDawn. You can find me, of course, on LinkedIn, Dawn Mead, and you can find me always here on avnation.tv, hosting AV Social with Kelly, and usually popping up occasionally on the AV Week and a few other things whenever Tim calls me. Oh, and next month, if you are part of the PSNI Global Alliance, I will be joining Tim down at that event in Atlanta. So come on by and see us Global Alliance members. We'd love to chat. 
Um, I believe that's everything. So thanks so much for joining us this afternoon for AV Social. Mm-hmm.